kind of an interesting story in itself. But uh, this is a snake that should have called death. Also notice justice. Did you see justice here when you read that? The word is decay. And so notice it's capitalized. They looked at uh, decay, the goddess of justice, to bring justice to Paul. Decay is the Greek word here. And uh, uh, he's a murderer because uh, this snake is latched onto him. He is the avenging murderer. Neptune didn't get him out there in the, in the sea. But now, boy, decay is latched onto him and it's over for him. And he must be a murderer. And uh, we find these were very superstitious people. And yet they did believe in a higher supreme being. And we'll talk about that at the end too. And also notice Paul didn't say, oh, you nice little venomous snake. I need to preserve you and I'll get you off and I'll put you back in your environment. No, what did he do? He threw it into the fire and killed the thing. And so this is kind of a, a passage for those who are in uh, pest control. <laughs> so if you're in pest control, you can use this as a... Uh, no, he... Uh, but these people jump to conclusions. And we're going to talk about that at the end as well. How we can jump to conclusions and make rash judgments about people and so forth. But anyway, thirdly we see in verses 7 through 9 the reception paid back. Publius shows his hospitality, it says, for three days. His father, though, had fever. And this was, and you can look it up online, it's called the Maltese fever. And uh, it, uh, it was something that killed people, made them very, very ill. And they discovered later on, I think in the 1880s, that it was a bacterium from goat's milk unpasteurized or non-pasteurized goat's milk. And uh, so you have here Malta and then this bacterium came from milk and one of the symptoms was it would give you the shakes. So do, do you not have Malta milkshakes? <laughs> I just had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but I guarantee you, you'll never forget about this. Janine's over there. I'm sorry. But, uh, but I, you're right. I bet you're right. I'm not. But, uh, but anyway, Paul is healing these people. Paul lays hands on this man and he's healed. And I'm sure he shared... Christ with him. The power of God, I'm sure Paul said, is not from me. The power is Jesus. I'm praying in Jesus' name. So he would not get the glory. And uh, remember, Jesus is our Savior, but he's also the healer of our souls. He's the healer of our bodies as well. And so he gets all the praise and all the glory uh, for what he is doing. And we also see here that uh, he was healing many uh, through Paul. But why? I think also we can see because of the kindness that was shown Paul 
and the others uh, uh, as well. It was a recompense, you might say, uh, uh, not because they deserved it, uh, but something that God did for these people. And even uh, so, because of Paul, Luke, and Aristarchus, God blesses them. Remember, they should have been killed on the sea. All 276 people, because Paul prayed, God answered that prayer. They all benefited from a Christian. Have you ever thought about that? In this country, others are blessed because of Christians. And buddy, I tell you what, when that's taken away, it ain't going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty at all. And so you just pray. Pray for our country and pray uh, for those who are uh, serving our wonderful Lord and Savior that uh, they will um, are benefited from the Christians that are here. And so the world has much to owe, does it not, to Christians. We see that from history in many, in many, uh, this country was, was founded on Christian principles when it first came here. And God blessed it because of the Christians that came and settled this. And we're losing that. Pray that God would uh, uh, have mercy upon us. And uh, so it's a good thing to bless those that bless you. And that's what Paul was doing in Jesus' name. He was blessing these people. You know, I think if we bless others, God will bless us. But I, it's not something we deserve or, or we, we don't do it, so we will be blessed. I think that's just the outcome of what happens. And uh, in, in remember in Kenya, their song that they sing is the way to be happy is to make someone happy. And uh, so they really take their Christianity seriously over there. And uh, I think my, uh, my dad, for instance, was blessed because dad was a giver. Dad was a servant. He walked away from his practice with thousands and thousands of dollars owed him. He just walked away. He said, no, those people need it more than I do. God has blessed me. And those were his words. And so uh, we need to be a giver. We need to uh, be like Paul. And, and, and bless others. And I'm going to end the service with that eventually. But he says, uh, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the, one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. See, we're serving Christ, are we not, when we serve others. Christ is in us, but he's not sitting there and I can go wash his feet but I am doing that when I help others. And that's the thing you have to remember, is that we're to be servants. Paul was a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, a doulos, a slave of Christ. And then we see the gifts of gratitude in verse 10 from, from these people as they left. They blessed them with financial gifts. In other words, they were blessed because of all the people healed. And so they in turn blessed Paul and all of those on that ship for the, for the blessing that they had received. And so generosity, uh, they were grateful. In verses 11 through 13, we find that the ship that they take, and we'll look at that next week, 
was swift, the winds were favorable, and, uh, and so that's something that God was behind as well. Uh, a brotherly boost is seen uh, here as well in verse 15. We're going to end with the fact that Paul thanked everyone and took courage when he got to Rome because there were those that came out to see Paul and uh, uh, he was so grateful and warmed by other Christians. You mean an apostle can be blessed from just a, an average Christian? Yeah. And I'm no apostle, but I'm a preacher, and I can be blessed by you and receive from encouragement and be thankful. And, uh, and so let's remember that as we serve our Lord. And uh, let me apply this now quickly in, uh, in six ways. First, and these all begin with don't. Don't be ashamed to be useful even in the smallest things. And I've said this before, but uh, uh, Paul helped with wood gathering. The smallest things. He was not too good, uh, uh, too proud that he couldn't gather sticks. Nothing in the service of our Lord should be too low for us. Before I came to this church, I... I worked in the nursery for six months every Sunday. And now I'm not bragging on me. I'm just saying God told me to do that. It was a blessing to me. So there's nothing that's too low for you to do. If the toilet overflows, what do you do? Oh, call uh, the plumber. No, you fix it. You see. And on and on we can go with uh, service for God in the church. Nothing, nothing uh, is uh, too low for us to do. You know, it's interesting. What about our wonderful Lord? What did He do? He washed the disciples' feet. Now, that's something I told the Kenyan men they need to go home and do to their wives' feet to serve them and show that by being willing to wash their feet that you're not better than them, that they're not to serve you as a slave and walk behind you. And they really grasped that. They really understood where I was coming from. Jesus, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you what? Oh, yeah. Not just talk about it. You know, you know this is an idea, a good idea. We need to practice this. And we, so we make an outline and we write a book on it and just do it. Just do it. Don't talk about it. Do it. And then don't keep a record either. 
And then secondly, we don't underestimate common grace. These Maltons showed common grace that's hardly and rarely seen today. Very unusual to find this in non-Christians. Remember, man is totally depraved, but he's not as bad as he could be. Non-Christians can do good things. And uh, we need to understand this uh, towards their fellow man. Yes, our righteousness... Isaiah 64, 6 says, All of us has become like one who is unclean, and all your righteous acts are filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. Yeah, this is a description of our nature, isn't it? And God does not accept our good works for salvation, because all of the things we do are tainted with sin. But then it's not saying, don't do good. It says, do good, and do, and do, and don't underestimate this, this common grace. We also find Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. So it's not doing these good things to be saved, it's being saved to do good things. Why do you do good things? Why should you be doing good things? Because you're a believer. And yet, you know what? It's sad. The world can show up the Christian in doing. And that's really sad. Uh, they can show more common grace. Than the, than, and so, this is really uh, what's going on here. Thirdly, don't underestimate man's innate knowledge. These people on this island knew that there was a deity that governs the world. It's sad today that those that would say there, are, there is no God, uh, but no. What, is, what does Paul tell us in Romans 1, 18 and 20? The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the ungodliness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that they are without excuse. Man knows that there's a God. These people knew there was a higher beings that they, uh, uh, that was in control. They knew right and wrong. And so, fourthly, don't jump to conclusions. Do not jump to conclusions. Just because something happens to somebody, don't say, well, it must be because they're a big sinner that that happened to them. Uh, that's a false conclusion that one makes. And, uh, well, it's gone on the blank again. Here it is. Uh, John 9, 1 through 3. Jesus, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. God makes no mistakes. 
This man had a purpose. Yeah, he was born blind, but it wasn't because of the sin of the parents, that something that they did wrong. Please, don't go there. Accept what God has given you and give thanks. Don't, uh, don't miss the truth. The works of God might be displayed in him. Also, in Luke 13, 4 and 5, are those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them. Do you think they were more guilty than the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Not because they were wicked that they were killed by this tower or more wicked than other people. No, everyone needs to repent and come to the knowledge of Christ. And so, don't jump. Don't jump to conclusions. Uh, Leave the judgment to God. Hold your tongue. It may be that these things come upon us, whatever it might be in your life that you're thinking of right now that's come against you. And you'll say, oh, what sin did I commit? What did I do wrong here? Well, he might be doing that to sanctify you, to draw you closer to Christ, so that you can learn from what is going on right now. Job, remember uh, righteous Job, had all of this. He lost everything. And yet, his wife said, curse God. And he said, no, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. And so, keep that in mind uh, when you're looking at the circumstances in your life. And then, sometimes, it's just to correct us. Trials come to keep us on path. Trials come to keep you focused. If there were no trials, you'd think, you know, I'm a pretty good person. Nothing ever happens to me. I must be good. And so then you become proudful. See, no, don't go there. These things are uh, given to us so that we might repent. And there are many other reasons we could go into. But fifthly, don't forget Jesus stands behind each and every one of his own. He stands behind each and every one of his own. Jesus takes notice of all the good and the bad that comes against his people. Somebody says, you better not mess around with the bride of Christ because the bridegroom will get you. Makes sense, doesn't it? Nobody better mess with my bride, I can tell you that. Because this bridegroom is going to come against you. And so, uh, in this country of ours, we may have persecution. We may have those that come against us, and already have. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But, woe be to them. Woe be to them. What did Jesus tell Paul? Why do you persecute me? I don't even know you. What do you mean? Because you've persecuted my children, my Christian brothers uh, that trust me, that know me. And so the world better be careful about how it treats uh, God's children. And then lastly, don't underestimate your small acts of kindness to the brethren. Your small acts of kindness. Now what kind of small acts of kindness can we show one another? Have you ever thought about that? 
What does that look like? Well, it might be, what, making a, a meal to take to a, somebody who's sick. You know what? It might be just this. A smile. See, it made you laugh. <laughs> I mean, that's so simple, isn't it? Just a smile. And there have been recordings of people whose lives were changed because somebody smiled at them and they didn't commit suicide or whatever. There are all sorts of testimonies like that. And uh, so, little small things we can do. We can phone each other and talk to each other. We can email, text, although I don't do that. Uh, we need to remember that we need each other. It's just like Ben was talking this morning. We need each other. It's interesting in 1 Peter 5.14 in this last verse, greet one another with a kiss of love. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Now, Men, you know, that's not our culture, and, uh, but I'll hug your neck. And maybe I should kiss you. But I don't think he's talking about literally here in that sense, although it's nothing wrong with that. But what does that show with a holy kiss? It shows a special relationship between brothers and sisters in Christ. See, that's it. It's a special relationship that we have. And so we should not be afraid of showing that love that we have for one another. And so I'll hug your neck because I love you. And we should do that with one another. And just small acts of kindness uh, towards one another is so, so important. In the book of Philemon, a simple book, and yet we find here a very interesting, uh, made me forget where I am, in Philemon, it's right before Hebrews, Paul says here, for I have come to have much joy and comfort in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. Little book of Philemon. And what is he saying? You're important to me. You have blessed me. And I'm hearing about how you have blessed others and uh, refreshed others. We need to be we need to be serving one another and refreshing each other, building each other up, encouraging one another, as these that met Paul did that to him, and he was so thankful, and yet he was an apostle. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for your word and how it speaks to us, and yet, Lord, it's, it's convicting because I know how I can... Uh, have gloom and doom on my face at times, and that affects others in a bad way. But Lord, you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind as, on, as is on our bulletin this morning. Not a spirit of fear, but of power, of love and of a sound mind. And Lord, we give you all the praise and the glory. May 
people see Christ in us. In his wonderful name, amen. Amen. <clears throat>